Welcome to MediaPost's Brand Insider. I'm your host, Steve Smith, Editorial Director of Events here at MediaPost. Each week, we interview marketing leaders from companies old and new about how they build and evolve their brands on an unpredictable media and culture terrain. In addition to this full audio interview in podcast form, we also publish a companion newsletter with highlights from the Q&A. MediaPost has been covering marketing and media news for over 20 years. You can find the Brand Insider Weekly as well as our daily coverage at MediaPost.com. But now, let's get into it. Welcome, Jed Berger of Foot Locker. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Foot Locker, we're going to run some video and a side window that will give you a sense of the different locations and the different story experiences, some of which we're going to be talking about uh, over the next 25 minutes. First of all, uh, the, the, one of the things that really interested me in, in, in our preparatory talks, Jed, was especially the focus on product development uh, and the ways in which it's being married to uh, marketing. And yep. that's, what I think, one of the things that I really wanted to drill into here. First of all, let's talk about that range of products. When we talk about product development at Foot Locker, that's really core to the whole enterprise and the whole model here. How many products are you guys releasing? Well, you know, it's an interesting question because, um, you know, the sneaker industry in general, um, it, it does take time to create a sneaker. It's a, it's it's really a, a probably about an average of a 12 to 15 month time period to actually go from design to implementation. So, you know, we are releasing new product every single day, to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. But but, you know, making sure that those are being perceived as the most relevant um, and, 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 and connected products as possible is actually pretty tricky when you are developing product 12 to 15 months, months out. We're talking about a scale of like hundreds of products within a given year. Oh yeah. I'm hundred percent. I mean, when, when I, you know, it's funny, we did a, an Instagram, um, poll at some point and, and, um, or a poll of our Instagram followers, and they literally expect to see seven to 10 new product releases a day. <laughs> which is, you know, it's, it, which isn't, it's not the case, to be honest, it, we don't have seven to 10 new product releases a day. Um, but it, it, it does give you an idea of the expectations that um, mm -hmm. consumers have for us. But some of the tie-ins, let's just a few samples of, of some, just some, some tie-ins. And when we're talking about different kinds of sneakers, because that's what I want to really dig, dig, yeah. dig into this idea of product development. What are some of the sneaker models we're talking about and the kinds of tie-ins that you've done over the last year? Yeah, so um, I can talk about that in a couple of different ways. I mean, so first of all, we 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 do represent choice, right? Foot Locker does represent choice, and we represent, um, uh, I would say, marquee choice, meaning what we what we sell uh, is is meant to be represent social currency, and that you what you buy should help you express yourself, and what you wear. I mean, obviously, what you wear should help you express yourself. Um, you know, I, we like to say that it, that you should stand out, and potentially without sticking out. Mm -hmm. Um, but really that you should know that if you pick up anything off the wall, anything off our website, that you're, that you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so choice is really important and, and, um, you know, and within footwear, it, it's, it's not like apparel where there's hundreds of different brands. Mm -hmm. Footwear has, um, tend to be the sim, the same brands for a really long time now. Um, and that doesn't mean that there aren't a few few other companies that have broken through in the past few years. There have. Um, but for the most part, the sneaker brands, uh, you know, the Nike, Adidas, Jordan, Converse, Reebok, Puma, Asics, 
Um, did I say New Bounce? But you know, at Timberland, there are you know you everybody sort of knows the brand partners, and then there's been some some obviously new ones throughout throughout the last couple of years. If you're talking about an On Running or a Hoka, um, or uh, the or the resurgence of Crocs, so you know there there's there's only a finite amount of sneaker brands to work with to develop new ideas, new products, and bring to market. Um, so that in itself is actually a little bit challenging. Um, but, um, you know, we have, a, we have a, a great partnership with everybody and we have a product development engine, um, that sits under me, it's a concept team that, uh, utilize, that works with our brand partners to build the idea into the design, the 12 to 15 months out front. So that could be, um, that could be an idea that's rooted in cause, or that could be from pop culture or entertainment or a collaboration with a designer well, give us some examples because there's some wild examples out there that I don't think people anticipate. You know, like like cereal brands and things like that. Give us totally. Some I mean, we're, yeah, we're 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 actually launching a um, we're, we're, I mean, there has been actually multiple cereal um drops um previously, and a lot of the time those are through athletes um who love cereal um but um and then so they want to partner with them but we actually have a crocs partnership uh collaboration coming and where it's a cereal apart which is a cereal partnership um with five different cereals um i mean we've done we just dropped a product with brats uh, mm -hmm. for kids we've done Herbo gummy bears so we've done everything from the silly to autism speaks which is obviously more serious um, and more cause related. So, I mean, you know, anything that the great thing about um, youth culture is that it's gotten wider, not more narrow. So entertainment, food, gaming, sport, like I said, cause or purpose. I mean, there's really no ends to where you can collaborate in the sneaker industry. So you're doing at a much more advanced level, something that I think a lot of other retailers are working on and a lot of other brands are working on. That is the idea of bringing product development and marketing closer together so yep. that uh, marketing is in, is in is part of the process. And it's a more product led rather than brand led um, uh, marketing affair. Tell us overall the strategic aim of a product yeah. first marketing approach, how that's different from the broader brand first <clears throat> marketing that maybe we've been familiar with and retailers have been familiar with for decades. Yeah. Um, well, so first of all, I, I, I will relate it back to the sneaker industry for a second uh, and then, and then talk a little bit more broadly. So within the sneaker industry, what was most often to have happened is that a sneaker would get, designed with an idea in mind, but the design would be inspired, right? And then that, that product would be handed off to a bunch of marketers five weeks before the release or six weeks before the release and say, go build us a story about this shoe. But by the way, the actual original idea, it's not really obvious in the product design. It's not rooted in an IP or um, a partnership that we can legally utilize. Um, so it, it, it you know, it, it made it made the marketing a little bit more smoke and mirrors and brand focused. Mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do is sort of flip the script there and build the idea or that collaboration or that license into the design of the sneaker, which also and and make sure that that relevant contextual connected piece that we're bringing the design has relevancy to the consumer because when it does 
it is much easier for us to tell that story and to be honest with you, much less expensive mm-hmm. um, because we're, we don't have to make up this in- entire world. So I, I think that that has been a huge lesson for us over the last two years. You know, we originally called it concepts over colorways, colorways and sneakers was just your continued drops of different colors of, of really popular models. And what we wanted was connected concepts. And we thought if we had those connected concepts, those stories would be easier to tell. And then all those additional colorways would be benefactors of the energy that we were bringing that model. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I want to dig into what the implications are of that for marketing and especially for um, the ways in which you organize. Now, you've used the term in our previous discussions of the CMO plus idea. Uh, how marketing and how the CMO's role is actually changing substantially because of this. What do you mean by that? Well, first of all, I think the CMO role has changed um, for a lot of different reasons. And, uh, and one of the things that I always uh, talk to our marketing teams about is, is I really want them to be business partners and revenue drivers first. And, uh, and that doesn't take away from the idea generation or or. Um, creative that I would expect to have out of them, but I want them to be able to take a whole lot of unstructured thought from the business and create it into a structured business plan from that has a beginning and an end. And um, so I, I think first and foremost, that that is a, a significant change from what, what I think has been perceived by business in general as brand marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, you know, it's funny, I literally tell young people breaking into the industry, take brand marketing off your, your resume. Mm-hmm. People want to know that you can drive revenue. People want to know that you can create demand for a product. Um, like I tell everybody, I've learned to sort of hate marketing. I, I love a great idea. I love a great product. And then I love a great story, creating demand for those two things. So let's dig into the ways in which let, let's dig into the details of how you reorganize around this. Yeah. Uh, what changes have been made internally? I know you, you made yeah. reference to concept teams. Maybe we yep. can talk about that. So there's been a couple what of do these things. teams look like? How do you manage this at such a scale when you're talking about literally hundreds of product releases? Yeah, well, first of all, we don't deal with the hundred. Actually, what we you know, we we probably do. We we I think actually we have two hundred and fifty collaboration drops in the back half of this year. So we do have a we do have hundreds yeah, of drops from, from, this, from this world. Um, um, but I, I think first of all, having the self awareness to understand that 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 the business model and your organizational model need to evolve and trans continually transform is really important. Um, knowing that you need to let go of some things and invest those resources because nobody wants to just keep adding on. Mm-hmm. So to reinvest those resources into organizational focus on growth is really important. I mean, I think that 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 we um, that we've done that. Um, I also think that that most that that at least our organization has evolved in a way where marketing is no longer a department, but it is spread out throughout many departments within the organizations. That's something I'm really proud of. It's made our organization very matrixy, but I, I think that we have um, a marketing mindset in many different aspects of the organization. Um, and when I say that, I mean that it's a it's an idea revenue driving first organization. Describe um, that matrixy. Yeah. Well, we're, I mean, we're, I mean, we're, so we are a portfolio company. So mm-hmm. we own, we're not just Foot Locker. We, have, we own we own multiple um, retail br- um, brands, um, so that that so we are a shared services model, which many people are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which ultimately just makes us very matrix with dotted lines and straight lines. So roles and respons- understanding roles and responsibilities is, is extremely important. Um, but but we, we also very quickly realized that if we didn't have extremely clear ownership of and focus on different aspects of growth, that, um, that it was going to equate to nobody owning. So when we came out with this concepts over colorways idea, we had to put our money where our mouth was. And we formed a team that sits in between product and marketing. It reports into me. Mm-hmm. It, it matrixes into our head of product. The person who runs that concept team was, a, to give you an idea of how important we felt this role was, is the person who led all product for Foot Locker, our Foot Locker retail brand. Um, and, um, and so that team has both product and marketing sitting within it. It works with all of our different um, partners across our organization and all of our different brand partners to brief in ideas um, that would be designed into the product. So that could be, we just did a, um, a really amazing um, uh, celebration of the 25th anniversary of, the Ken, of Ken Griffey Jr. And his, and his product. And we, built, and we built that idea into five different models. So even though Ken Griffey Jr. has a shoe, with Nike, we we did re-release that shoe, but all, we also had an Air Force One, a Max 90, and a couple other different silhouettes that the Griffey tribute was built into the design of the shoe that made it that made the anniversary pack much easier of a story to tell because it was rooted in something real. Um, we just had a famous designer named Ron English do a collaboration with Crocs. He's famous and he loves animal print, and so we did a party animals drop. Um, concept with him, where we had all these, um, uh, where he had all these different pairs of Crocs designed with different animal prints that he designed, and that they the charms that are on Crocs are called gibbets. It's just extra learning for today, and the gibbets were all the different gibbets were specific to the different animal print that was on different pairs. So, I mean, those are a couple of different examples of very recent that are, that are, that that team has worked on and put the ideas, found the partner, and 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 brought to market. And they see it through all the way from the brand from the brand partnership, the brief, the ideation, twelve to fifteen months out, all the way to the marketing team that sits under this team, working with our different banners to bring it to market and making sure that they have all the assets that they need to tell that story. Let's talk about ideation because you mentioned how much of this is so is so much tied to customer identity, to cultural moments. Um, where do the ideas come from? Uh, I know that you've got structure yeah. in place that actually yeah. helps generate ideas and and help it come from from the bottom up. So tell us that structure. So I think there's a couple of things there. So first of all, I, I mean, I, I I think the team has done really a really great idea, idea, a really great job making sure that ideas can come from anywhere within the organization. So um, for an example, we just had our spring 22 New Balance concept briefing this week. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was us bringing, their, uh, bringing a very formal process, um, bringing us ideas to them. Mm-hmm. Um, then they'll come back to us and say, this is what we like, this is what we think we can do. And then we go into the creation process. Those ideas came from in, in um, an, our internal teams working throughout all of the different sort of idea pockets of the organization. And then we have an online consumer panel for consumer insights that has about 10,000 different um, segments of our, of our 
um, population, very strong on the sort of sneaker head or, or, or sneaker enthusiast population. Um, and then we have the ability to test some of those ideas all the way through the entire journey, but certainly in the idea phase um, um, we, with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's funny, I joke, but like the, the cereal Crocs, mm-hmm. which isn't coming out for a little bit, but the cereal Crocs idea, there was an internal fight between everybody about what cereals were most relevant to, mm-hmm. it's so trivial, but what cereals. And so we, we, that's a, you know, we honestly went to the consumer panel and they, and that that's how the cereals were. That's how the cereal were chosen for the Crocs partnership. So we'll, we'll go and we'll test ideas. We'll use them for, um, for understanding what's relevant to them today um, and more. Uh, are there some examples of some misfires or some less successful ideas that you've learned a lot from about this process? <laughs> I'm not going to get into which products didn't, which products flopped, mm-hmm. um, which ideas flopped, but there always are. I mean, you know, we, and, and of course, I mean, we represent, like I said, we represent choice and, um, you know, and I am, uh, you know, I think I tell my team all the time, we have to be confident enough to swing and miss. Um, not everything is going to be a home, uh, a home run, you know, well, um, it, you know, that ultimately the consumer chooses, we only make, we only make money when product sells. Right. Um, and we rep and we represent a lot of different, we represent choice and quantity. So not everything is going to work. Sometimes it does, it, it doesn't work because, uh, the idea ended up to not be as relevant as we thought. Sometimes, the, sometimes it doesn't work because the design wasn't as good as we as we might have hoped. And sometimes, the, honestly, sometimes the price value equation isn't there. And when you are, um, and sometimes when you're when you're utilizing concepts and whether it's IP or a partner, you're also bringing in more price into the product. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, so you you have to balance all those things. Not everything not everything works. Let's bring this now forward into the media and promotion side. When you're dealing with that many products that are um, uh, that are trying to trigger in consumers often pieces of personal identity, identity and identification, cultural moments of such diversity, uh, what does that do to the media plan? Where are where do you and how do you then make decisions about where you're going to invest in media and and is it very fragmented? Uh, has that changed? Well, so first of all, um, I, I I really truly believe that there's nothing more important than the demand than the, than the demand creation um, mm-hmm. piece of the equation for a product. So if, if a product is intended to launch with demand, we better do a really good job building anticipation and then telling a story. Um, because in, in our world, demand drops on day two. So mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna launch an idea. It will never have as much demand as it has on day one. And sure, it will it will even out for hopefully sustainable demand over, over um, the time that we still have product available. But um, but the most important part is that we have that we that if a product is meant to launch with demand, it has to be at its peak demand at launch. Mm-hmm. Then we've created an audience. What and channels are you using for the, so for the, then so then, so then the channels are you using to make sure that demand is there? So once we've created that, once we've created that audience and we have a really robust data lake and we have a robust social following. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really have to utilize both of those tools from a, a targeting perspective. Um, um, and whether that's building people that we're, that we already know that whether that's, we're talking people that we already know we have, or that's utilizing a lookalike model. Um you know, for the most part, we are in a youth culture space. So we're talking mostly um, 
paid social from the from the demand capture side. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's post launch. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 there's there's most of our money is going into um, um, in paid Instagram and paid Twitter, some some TikTok in there as well. This is sounding more like uh, entertainment launches. Um, where you're building up, you're building up demand, like oh, game, it, game, like game launches and film launches. It as 100% opposed is to the usual product launch is that you're oh, it's, actually it's sort of building a story up front and building anticipation and all this pre-release material. Before that's a hundred percent what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny because it works the same way. I mean, like uh, the best thing that can happen in the sneaker world is that there's a leak that nobody knows why, how that happened. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a leak two months out of a product or a trailer or whatever. You know, if you're um, getting over to the to the to the entertainment piece, you know, um, I mean, that's the, that's one of the best things to have. So I, it, it is very similar to a, a movie release where you need the big bang and then you need sustained growth. And the sustained piece for us is where the paid comes in. For the most part, the demand creation piece is less of a paid um, media buy. Mm-hmm. And, and this would seem then, if we're talking about in general, this larger story of product marketing coming closer, marketing and, and product development coming closer together and a greater focus on product as a real driver of the marketing, uh, then this may be true for a lot of other different product types and retail types. We may be looking at a future where, and we probably already are, we see it in a lot of electronics already, where a lot more retail marketing looks more like entertainment marketing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that what I would say is for us that, that we are, I mean, we're, we're, we're laser focused on, on, on customer growth and the interconnection between customer growth and product is undeniable. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the evolutions that we had to go to was sometimes stop talking about how well product sold, but what did that product relate to from a consumer growth perspective? Um, mm-hmm. We, we only make money two different ways, money from new consumers and money from current and incremental dollars from current consumers. That's it. So we really need to understand product, the product effect on both of those things. Um, and, you know, there are certain products that we sell and sort of in certain stories that we tell that are that are more targeted toward broadening our audience. Mm-hmm. Right. And acquiring new consumers. And there are certain um, products that we sell and certain stories that we tell that are very catered to a sneaker enthusiast that we already have. So we have to be real. We have to really identify the interconnect that we really have to understand the relationship between the product that we're marketing and the consumer target from a growth, from an acquisition and retention perspective. Those two things are, are the, that, that customer growth and that product marketing link are directly related. And that is how uh, that is how we're evolving to talk about marketing as an organization. Product growth areas, consumer growth areas. Tell a great story. Tell a great story that represents your brand in the demand creation piece. Um, and then honestly, the other, and then the other place that we spend our money is in community and purpose. But those three, but really it's those three places. It's the demand creation, the demand capture, how both of those things relate to customer growth. And then community and purpose. Those are our, really our three um, main focuses. What would be your main advice to other uh, retailers starting to move down this path? The things that they really need to make sure that they're covering, uh, or they really need to know about moving in this direction, and and maybe the major pitfalls to avoid. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm a big believer in creating an entity, 
a focused entity. So that that was my that was that was my that was my want. That I think if you build it, they will come. So I wanted to create this concepts team mm-hmm. that had a very specific focus, very processed, that worked with all of our brand partners, that had financial, that had skin in the game from a from a financial budget perspective. And so that concept team became an entity that that then became a focus of our organization and a focus of our partner organizations. So all of a sudden you found our partners developing similar team, dedicated teams to address our entity. Our entity had a slogan, concepts over colorways, right? So it was, we, there is a little bit of internal marketing to create the dedicated focus that you need to move in a new direction. So that is what I, that would be my biggest recommendation. If you believe it is a growth avenue, and again, it might miss, but if you believe if it's, if it's a growth avenue, put the people, put the formality behind it. Mm-hmm. Financial formality, people formality, process formality. Um, and, and if you do that, it's the, if you build it, they will come. Then, you know, then it, it becomes a reality. Uh, great note to, to end on. Jed Berger, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. I, I mean, listen, I wish I was in Tahoe, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, Brooklyn's okay too. It's just not Tahoe. Okay. And you're, you're clearly the sneakers behind you. You're prepared for anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm prepared for anything, you know, I'm prepared for any brand that I have a meeting with. Let's put it that right. way. <laughs> I just keep, good, I just good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Jed Berger, thanks so much. Thank you guys. Thanks for hitting play on Media Post's Brand Insider Podcast. We're here each week interviewing marketing executives from large and small, legacy and emerging brands. They share their experiences navigating the challenges of commercial clutter, media distraction, and consumer disinterest. You can also subscribe to the Brand Insider newsletter for edited text editions of these Q&As. For this and all of the marketing and media news reporting Media Post has provided the industry for two decades, head over to MediaPost.com. And if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions for Brand Insider, you can always reach me, Steve Smith, at steve at mediapost.com. Until next week, let's market carefully out there.